What's going on? Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson, joined today by Caroline Gonzalez here at the Oxford Sports Performance Center in Metairie. We'll be joined later by Vice President of Basketball Operations and Team Development, Swin Cash. We're continuing continuing our women in sports this week. Jen Hale yesterday, Swin Cash today, and we'll have another guest for you on Friday. Caroline, how are you? Happy game day. Happy late game day, more importantly. Happy late game day, man. These late games... I feel like we haven't had one in a while, so it's always hard to kind of get up for it because at the beginning of the day, you're like, oh, you know, regular work day. And then you're like, oh, we have a game at 930. So, um, you know, but excited to see some Pelicans basketball. Obviously, tonight has uh, a lot of implications for the Pelicans. Every win matters. Daniel, let me ask you real quick. Turn a little turntable for you. Uh, Turntables are Uh, turn. (laughs) What did you think about – Andrew Lopez yesterday tweeted out a picture of Alvin Gentry holding the microphone, you know, six to eight feet away from the rest of the media. I personally don't know why we haven't done that from the beginning. I feel like scrums are just weird because you have people breathing on you and touching you and fighting for spots. What did you think about that? Because I felt like maybe we should just continue this. I was fine with it. I think the only problem from a selfish standpoint is we have recorders and those don't pick up very well from six to eight feet unless yeah. we had a cord so from a selfish standpoint it's really not going to work out for us in our favor yeah. but for everyone else i thought i mean if it works it works i didn't think it was a terrible idea yeah i think just like for germs and obviously just respect i feel like there's a lack of respect sometimes when we just get in everyone's right. face but i do agree with you selfishly it might be a little difficult yeah. to get the content we need so it's all about the content it's all about the content so, yeah, 9.30 p.m. start tonight for the Pelicans and the Kings. Remember, it is nationally televised, which means we'll be in the studio even later than we normally are on a West Coast game. So Thanks for dropping that, that on me because I, did. I didn't realize that. <laughs> you can donate coffee and caffeine to the Smoothie King Center if you want to deliver it around 9 p.m. That's when I have Pelicans warm-up for you. I know our producer, Joe Cardosi, myself, and Caroline would certainly appreciate that. Um, but it's a big game. Not only is it a late-game ESPN game, um, this is huge, and you didn't think a couple weeks ago when you are facing the Kings that, wow, this could really turn the tables, as we've been talking about, <laughs> as far as these two teams in the playoff chances, but they have the same record. The Pelicans can clinch the season series with a win tonight if you have to battle them later on. And I, this is going to feel like a playoff game tonight in Sacramento for sure. Yeah, and, you know, Sacramento kind of has that home court advantage, but I think Pelicans have the advantage of having some rest. They've spent some time in Sacramento. It always seems like when we have two days between games, it seems like an eternity between games, but hopefully guys are recovering a little bit. Um, and I, I think every single player on that team knows the importance of winning every single game and the importance of winning right now. And while, yes, we are in the home stretch of the season, um, Um, you have a lot of teams on your schedule that are going to impact the playoffs and impact your chances of getting in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, Pelicans, as we've talked about, are hitting their stride right now, and they're kind of figuring things out at the right time. You're getting guys healthy at the right time. And so I think right now it's more important than ever to to win now. Absolutely. And uh, actually, you know, what's funny about this team right now is they're playing really well on the road. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that means they've been struggling at home. They did get the win on Friday night against Miami, but this team is playing really well on the road, which is a really good sign for them when you're coming down the playoff stretch. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's it's funny because you want to play 
play well for the home crowd so that you can get, you know, obviously your team on your back. But um, if we're going to win on the road, we need to win on the road. And tonight is one of those games where uh, it's going to be important for key guys like Drew Holiday to maybe have another game like he did the other night with 37 points. It might be a game that B.I. steps up because I know he's been he's been struggling shooting lately. And so, uh, you know, he's talked about just kind of letting it hurt and, and coming back stronger. So um, I think B.I., Drew, Zion, all those guys, I think your bench, it's going to be another opportunity for your bench to step up. Maybe guys like Josh Hart to have another game like he had the other night uh, at home. So that'll be very important for the Pelicans tonight. That's the key. Josh Hart, I think, is going to be the key tonight. The bench is going to be key because mm-hmm. they have struggled a little bit. It's been hit or miss. You know, we've seen games where Josh Hart plays really well, but then Nico Melli doesn't play that great. Then Nico had a pretty decent game against the Timberwolves. Josh Hart went 0 for 8 from the field. So Without J.J. Redick for this entire road trip, I feel like the bench might be the biggest key to tonight's game. I agree with you, and and as you said, it's just it, it, it's kind of been the theme of all season of which guy is going to step up. But right now, you have a starting five who's playing really well. But those guys are going to need some some breaks, and so now you need the bench to to step up and play really well. And yes, J.J. Redick being out is is going to hurt the Pelicans, and it has hurt the Pelicans. Um, but if you can make that impact as minuscule as possible by other guys. Stepping Stepping up like Nico, uh, you know, hitting from outside is going to be important. Josh Hart and all his hustle plays and stealing rebounds and things like that, that's going to be important. So I think the more you have certain guys step up, you just need one or two people to step up. The, the starting five, hopefully it will carry their own, but you just need one or two guys on a consistent basis until J.J. Reddick gets back to step up. Before we get to Swin Cash here, you know, last night I spent time watching Memphis and Orlando, and I was thinking to myself here, if I'm going to do this for the rest of the season, I'm going to need some sort of way to relax because mm-hmm. it does stress you out a little bit. And I try not to stress myself out because the Pelicans still have to take care of their own. But you had exciting games yesterday with Dallas and San Antonio, Memphis, Orlando, and then uh, Portland and Phoenix. Unfortunately, only one of those teams were, were losing. That was Memphis, which actually was a good thing for us. Are you one that's trying to pay attention to it? Or are you trying to alleviate yourself from that because it's stressful how do you how are you scoreboard watching right now um you know i just pour a, gl- a glass of uh, red wine <laughs> yeah. and relax no take a bath <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um no i am you know of course watching and that's part of our job to watch and keep up with it and it's funny because i've had many conversations with you and people about like kind of getting out of that mentality of just um you know you play who you play and the right. results are the results and you kind of just go from there and you deal with it. So, um, I do, you know, relax as much as possible, but you and I know that I'm very schedule oriented. Mm-hmm. So I try to work out and, and, and relieve that stress and then cook my meal so that I'm not stressed about what I'm going to eat. And then I turn on the TV and isolate myself in the room. So, uh, with a nice glass of red wine. So that yeah. is how I relax and scoreboard watch. Uh, it's much less stressful than I'm sure, uh, many other members of the Pelican staff and coaching yeah. staff relax and watch the games. But, um, yes, yeah, a nice glass of red. <laughs> I took it to another extreme yesterday. I had, because of my wife wanting to watch the finale of The Bachelor, I had that on on the main TV, and I was watching on my iPad, which was definitely something new because that show is just awful, Caroline. <laughs> it's so bad, but so many people enjoy it. It was like my first experience because usually on Mondays or whatever, I'm like, you know, I, I got to go somewhere else. But, you know. You know, I'm not around a lot, so I was trying to be a good husband and sit there and watch with her, but 
Good Lord, that show is terrible. Yeah, I had a friend that uh, encouraged me to come over and watch it, and that was like our bonding time. And I was just like, Ugh, this is, I don't, I'm not a big reality TV yeah. person, so that's not really my cup of tea. Um, but just the, the, um, the cattiness of girls fighting over one guy and thinking that he is going to be all in on you is just, it makes me roll my eyes. But I have thought about applying for the Bachelorette. <laughs> So, um, you know, there's that, but yeah, it is, it's a terrible show, but I mean, who doesn't want, you know, 20 men that could possibly pursue you? I mean, that just seems like a dream to me, you know, but from your perspective, yes, it's an awful show. I guess, I guess, I guess we have different dreams, <laughs> but this one had a mom get involved yesterday. That's what the crazy part is. The mom that liked one of them and didn't like the other one. He proposed to the, the one that she liked. Then she broke up with him because she knew that he wasn't hundred percent in on her. Then he went back to this other girl, and now she is just – she was just livid. She was saying that she wants him to fail at this relationship in order for him to succeed in life. And it was just like, what? That's it's a lot of – it was just like, what? <laughs> That's a lot of drama. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll stick to following people on Twitter that talk about it and ignoring yeah. it. So, uh, yeah, no Bachelor for me in the future. That was my first and last episode. I'll <laughs> just clarify that. But how about let's let's not talk about The Bachelor anymore. Um, and here, here's my conversation with Swin Cash. Of course, we're celebrating Women in Sports and Women's History Month, and no better guest for us to start this off with Swin Cash. How are you? Good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. No problem. Swin, I wanted to talk about those kind of things first. I wanted to start with just kind of we're starting to see so many women now involved in the game of basketball. Of course, all major sports, but as far as basketball, whether it's basketball ops like yourself, broadcasters, public relations, executives, and, and even assistant coaches, how far has this sport come as far as inclusion and so many more females getting involved in the sport? Well, I think sports in general um, has really understood that in order to have not only the best product, but the best results, um, like anything, you need to have diversity and inclusion. I think the NBA has done an excellent job of leading the way in that regard. Uh, like you mentioned, there's so many women at work on multiple levels of sports. And for us here, I think at the Pelicans, um, just coming in under David Griffin, one of the things that we wanted to make sure is that we had the best people, right? And the best people aren't always men, um, which is understood. So you, you try to bring in people that have, are, are like-minded that understand the push and um you know i'm happy to be here in new orleans so growing up um who were some of the mentors that you looked up to whether it was basketball related or just women in general that you looked up to for guidance who were some of those people that kind of helped you um get through your career yeah you know it's really amazing because i say this all the time i've been lucky enough to have not only female mentors yeah. but also male um mentors right. and allies and i think for me growing up my mom was pretty much like my number one champion still is right there for me i would also um say jackie nance um her husband actually is fred nance who represents a number of uh you know elite athletes um but she's really been a cool mentor of mine my paps of course but I would say on the basketball side I mean Tina Thompson has been a big um, mentor for me and then also um, lately uh, just even growing up and playing in Detroit Magic Johnson Isaiah Thomas so um, I've had my fair share how important is it in your role that now you can tell young men and women that especially young women that doesn't have to just end with a career in basketball that afterwards there's so much more that you can do and get involved with basketball. Just seeing how much you've climbed here as the vice president of basketball ops. Is it kind of encouraging that you'll be able to, 
tell young women that, hey, this is something that you can do. You can't just – you don't have to stop just at playing basketball. Yeah, I think lately over the last couple of years, that's one thing that I've really tried to make um, very – you know, screaming from the rooftops, I would say, yeah. and, and make it loud and clear is that for me, women have to understand it's not only about being the first. You want to make sure you're not the last. So whatever door I go through, I try to make sure that there's opportunities for other women who have interests or want to explore in this field that they have a chance to, to go in that direction. In in that standpoint, what advice would you give to young women and young men who are who are trying to you know whether it's inclusion as far as you know don't not looking at gender and just the right person for the job or just young women in general just as far as them growing up now and and saying that they can do anything that they want to do. What advice would you give them? I would say to young female and male. Um, athletes who have played the sport and then want to transition over to keep that same competitive fire that you have for people who may not have been athletes but love the sport keep that same competitive drive that you have to want to engage about the sport um i my, my best advice is to do the work um the work is the work whether you're male or female but also to network make relationships a lot of this business is relationship based What's been the best part of this job so far for you? You've obviously, this is your first season with the team. What's been the best part of it as far as whether it's something fun that you were able to do or just interacting with so many people every day? What's been the best part so far? I think the best part is to help create this family, um, building a foundation. I love the work of it, building it brick by brick, the interactions, working with my colleagues, with the players, with the community, with the families. It's been an exciting time, and I'm just really happy and excited to be here. I feel like this has already become a family. You just see how close everyone is, whether it's basketball ops, whether it's players, whether it's coaches, whether it's staff. Um, I know that starts at the top with David Griffin, but I think it also starts with these players, and you feel like you know, there's not one bad guy in this locker room. Just from a media member's perspective, I feel like we're very fortunate to have the team that we have right now. Yeah, I think all of the guys have bought into kind of what our philosophy is here and how we want to do business. And uh, every day, come to work with your hard hat on and just try to get better. They're putting in the work on the court. They understand the importance of the work off the court. And for us, we're trying to grow them to be not only, you know, successful players and athletes but for me it's more important having a young son that they're great well-rounded men and that they have opportunities and see opportunities past just playing the game um you talk about not only being you know bigger than than sports or more than athlete but you talk about being great citizens and human beings and I think our players understand that and they're committed to that what have you learned from some of your veterans like Derek Favors JJ Reddick Drew Holley as far as a mentoring standpoint with such a young team what have they meant to this ball club as far as, you know, trying to make sure that these guys stay on track at such a young age? I think, you know, Drew's been through so much in, in his young life that I think his ex life experiences are always good to be able to talk with the guys. I think Etwan's done an amazing job as well, just really communicating and uplifting those younger guys. Derek Favors, to me, is like that steady hand, right? We know every day consistently what we're going to get from Faves, and JJ is just that energy jolt you need. He's the um, ultimate professional, I like to call it. He's routine, he's disciplined, and he knows what it takes to be pro now some of these guys are not as vocal as some other leaders say other teams but i feel like the leading by example is kind of their niche would, would you agree with that uh they're, they're vocal in their own way yeah. um sometimes people who are vocal uh they're not always yelling day in and day out right. but when they do speak their voice is heard and i think everyone's kind of figured out what it takes it's very difficult people don't understand when you bring so many new people in at once so i really feel like right now they're finding their chemistry not only in the locker room and that's starting to brew but on the court and it's it's just beautiful to watch um, um, and for us, you know, we just want to keep trying to chuck away at this thing and see where it goes. 
Were you able to get a pair of Bayou Boy shoes from Zion? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, I, they didn't have my size in yet, um, but my shoes are on the way. So um, I'm just trying to figure out if I need to wear them. If you're a sneakerhead, do you wear them? Or do I get Z to sign them for my son? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm at that mom stage right yeah. now where it's like, you know what? I, I'm cool. I got a cool sneaker collection, but I got to think about the young guy coming up behind me. I think you'd go the sign route. That's I think. I, would, I feel like I'd ruin the <laughs> shoes in some way if I wore them. So I figured that might be the way to go. Keep yeah, complete. but... But you know what? I, I was blessed and thankful to, to be here when Nikhil and and Zion and Jackson they all came in. Yeah. That 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 three those three right there, that core of uh young vet I mean young rookies coming in and starting out as the you know, the rooks and the hot boys down here now to the Bayou boys. I love to see how they're evolving. Yeah, and their maturity at such a young age and, and them bonding, I feel like that really helped all of them because you know, a lot of teams, you're basically there's only one rookie every year, seems like, or one or two, but you had those three guys coming in at the same time. How much did that help all three of them transition in such a, a big part of their life here? I think it, it helped them a lot. I mean, they're all three of them are different in their own ways. I think that their relationship and their, their friendship that they built and camaraderie is so important for the future of our franchise because they came in just very, really humble, um, all star power in their own right. But you talk about three first round picks and you get to go through this journey with somebody. And I remember going to UConn and people ask me all the time, like, Oh, why did you go to UConn? And I said, you know what? I went in with a great class and we went in trying to change things. And I look at this young class and I think about my days back of being a rookie coming in and it's great to be able to lean on somebody as you're trying to build and, you know, basically create history. You know, it's crazy listening to Zion doing a lot of his postgame interviews. You would not think he's a 19-year-old and also some of the things he's been able to do for his teammates with gifts, whether it's the headphones or whether it's the shoes. It just for his age and just how he's handled everything being basically an international star. It's been unbelievable to watch in just a short amount of time. Yeah, and I think our job is to, you know, we understand that he comes in pro-ready. He's polished. He understands media. He understands how to conduct himself. But we also want him to be a 19-year-old kid. We want him to go through life and have these experiences on the court, off the court. And I think um, as an organization, we've really tried to pride ourselves on making sure across the board all our young rookies have the opportunity to grow on their t timeline and in their uh, own space. Before I let you go here, the Pelicans are on a road trip right now. And uh, speaking of the road, just talk about that family atmosphere. This team plays really well on the road, has definitely improved since the beginning of the season. Uh, how much does that help translate to them on the court, knowing that's kind of a us against the world mentality for them right now? Well, it's fun to watch. I mean, you know, sometimes we're home and everybody's screaming. We're so yeah. intense. But uh, when you get out there on the road, I just remember as a, a former athlete and, and player that you just really lock in. You know, the, the, the discipline's the same. You wake up, you're eating the, the same times, you're, you have the same routine with shoot around. And so it's a little different. Um, you're able to bond a little bit more in a certain way. So we're hoping that we can, you know, come home and get some more wins on the road and, you know, keep, like I said, just keep chopping away, trying to get to where we want to get, and that's the playoffs. As someone that's been a gold medalist and a WNBA champion, you've obviously been through this kind of pressure situation. Do you have any have you shared any advice with them as far as, you know, with, with 18 games ago, you know, the margin is pretty slim. But at the same time, how do you kind of combine them not to feel that pressure and just go out and play ball like they have been doing? Um, you know, the biggest thing when I talk to any of them is to control the controllables. Mm -hmm. I tell them that all the time. Like, guys, control what you can control, but uh, to keep grinding. You know, I, I hashtag it a lot, team. We grind, and that's for a reason. That's waking up every day. That's going to work, whether it's at your job, whether it's on the court. Um, be the best version of yourself. And I think our guys are trying to do that. They really buy into one another, and they're trying to help each other be successful. And when every day you're worrying about how to make somebody else better, you're not thinking about all the pressure that's on you.
Good stuff. That's Vice President of Basketball Operations and Team Development, Swin Cash. Swin, I appreciate the time. Yeah, anytime. Love it. Yeah. Thanks. Go yeah. Pales. What a great interview with Swin Cash. We'll see if the Pelicans can get it done tonight at the Golden One Center in Sacramento. Again, it was moved from 9 to 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Stay up late with us. It's blacked out locally here on ESPN, but you can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans. Remember, when they're saying it's blacked out, it's just for the national televised games because there's been so many Pelicans games added that because there's a rule about how many side-by-sides is what the, I guess, the quote-on term is here. The Pelicans have reached their limit. So anytime ESPN picks it up or TNT picks up a game, Fox Sports New Orleans will have it for the rest of the way. So Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, Jen Hale will be yours tonight at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. Todd Graffinini, John the Shazer, Caroline Gonzalez, and myself will have it for you on the radio. Hope you can join us. Hope you're watching. Hope you're listening. Again, deliver coffee to the Smoothie King Center around 9 p.m. Central Time. Ask for a guy named Larry. He'll point you to one hallway, and you have to knock on the door three times and ask <laughs> for another guy named Bill, and then you'll be able to get to the radio studio. But, yeah, any any coffee selection for you? Any any options here? No, but did I tell you about that one time I got cookies delivered to the studio? What? Yeah, you were on the road. And, um, Why it was do good things happen when I'm on the road? <laughs> it was a late game, and DoorDash had just sent me an email about free delivery, and I was like, who? I really want some cookies. So I got some warm cookies delivered to me in the studio i think it was insomnia cookies but uh it was pretty great i didn't know you can it was a late game too yep it was like 11 o'clock and i got a cookie delivered. Well, i guess the name of the place was insomnia yeah. cookies so hey let's uh let's get a sponsorship <laughs> deal with them going here insomnia cookies hit us up any community coffee there it is let's go nine o'clock smoothie king center dave diction drive you know where to find us Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll have another one for you on Friday. We'll have a great Pelicans weekly show for you tomorrow as well on the flagship station, ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM with Todd Raffinini and Antonio Daniels. But until then, for Caroline, I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.